And now welcome to your feature presentation, Death Proof. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of The Gruesome Twosome, or Gruesome Onesome in this case. If you weren't aware, Jess and I, meaning Ebony, because I realised I never said my name then, (laughs) we're actually splitting the schedule up. So if you're wondering why I'm solo yet again, this is actually going to happen every two weeks. So Jess and I will review a movie each one week, and then come together the following week to do a review together because we know that you love us and that's the whole reason why we're called the Groots of Twosome. So <laughs> with that being said, as said earlier, we are or I am doing Death Proof and let's get it started. So if you weren't aware, Death Proof is a 2007 American exploitation thriller film written and directed by our one and true love, Quentin Tarantino. It stars Kurt Russell as a stuntman who murders young women with modified cars. He purports to be death proof. Rosaria Dawson, Vanessa Felito, Jordan Ladd, my original love, Rose McGowan, who's no longer my love, Sydney Tamiya Poitia, Tracy Thomas, Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Zoe Bell co-star as the women he targets. I love this film so much. It's one of my favorites. I actually have the poster hanging in my lounge room along with many others, but definitely one of my favorite uh, Robert Rodriguez slash Tarantino films. And I'm really happy that Jess and I decided to do the double presentation this week, the double feature with her doing planet terror so let's get this party started shall we and of course the film opens up in true tarantino fashion with the zoom in on the lovely feet on the dashboard it's tapping away to the music if you didn't know then i'm not too sure why you're listening in on these episodes but uh tarantino loves his feet really loves his feet why who knows he's clearly got a foot fetish But that's just what he's like. So expect a hell of a lot of feet. The thing I love most about this film is the way it's been uh, edited and the way it's been produced. Because this whole film has that grainy, old school uh, film edit to it. Where it's, you know, you've got the burn marks and the, the, the sound of the old film throughout it as well. Like it's, it's like you've just popped on a really old school film. It's got a few errors here and there, but it just gives you that warm feeling, that warm, nostalgic feeling of watching a really old school film. And that's what I love about this, or one of the many things I love about this film. But I know what you really want to hear. I know you want to hear about the girls. I know you want to hear about the ass shots, because that's pretty much the whole first like three minutes. And to be honest, I ain't complaining. (laughs) 
We get this lovely ass shot of these little underwear just peeking out through the butt as she walks over to the couch. And then we get her leaning through her window. And it's like this perfect back end shot that just goes up over the back as you look out the window to see the other girls arriving at her house. And look, she's got a good ass. (laughs) What can I say? I ain't mad. And I know you guys ain't mad. So... You know, you get that. (laughs) So all three girls get in the car together, obviously dressed and not still just in underwear as much as we'd all like that. And it's made evident that it is Julia's birthday. Julia being Jungle Julia, the radio personality. And they're all going out for her birthday. They're going to get Mexican, to be honest. It's exactly what I want to do for my birthday, which is a year away, which it can stay a year away because 30 is not where I want to be. (laughs) let's not go down that road (laughs) so they're driving along and as per usual in true tarantino fashion we get more feet and more feet and more feet and then a little bit of banter between the girls and some more feet so as they're driving down the road you know every time they get to a billboard that has julia or jungle julia on it they all scream and they get to the final billboard before their destination and then we see a car following them we see this beautiful black chevy nova and okay sure it's an odd choice but it sounds so good and it's done really nice and it's got a white skull on the top and not really skull and crossbones it's more like two lightning bolts that cross over and it purrs that car love that car Yeah, there's other choices, but Tarantino loves that car. He went with that car, and honestly, it works for the film. So (laughs) who gives a shit what anyone else says or thinks? So we see this car following behind the girls, and that's pretty much the end of that scene, really. So we see the girls arrive at the Feed and Seed, which is like this bar sort of restaurant thing on the side of the road, and you see the car pull up. And as the car pulls up, you've got the grain going through the film and she's looking at the car and it's just, I don't know what it is, but just watching the car roll in with the grainy film, it's, I don't know, it makes me happy, okay? I'm weird, I'm aware of that. (laughs) Now, if there's one thing you need to understand about this film is that it's purposely not perfect. So as I was saying before with the graininess and the burn marks and such, it also has skips so you'll see where the film has been cut and it's intentional and it's I mean you'd want to hope it's intentional considering how long the movie's been out for (laughs) but obviously it's intentional and it works it's just it's just Tarantino being Tarantino you know paying homage to the film before him it's just what he does and he does it great and it sort of just puts that little bit of a mark so you know it's his film Well, that and the feet give away that it's his film. (laughs) So the girls walk in, sit down, have some margaritas. And then you find out about the infamous butterfly nickname. You want to do some black to that with Marcy? Sure. Okay, give Marcy a drink. Okay, so you're in a club or a bar and Marcy's a kind of cute or kind of hot or kind of sexy or better be fucking hysterically funny, but not funny looking guy who you could fuck. Got it. Okay, Marcy, take it. Howdy. Hi there. Excuse me, but 
Your name wouldn't be Butterfly, would it? Yes, it is. And it seems you have me at a disadvantage. <laughs> Barry. Pleased to meet you, Barry. Y'all are getting me hot. So is a Butterfly your real name? Yes, it is. And how did you know my name, Barry? I listened to Jungle Julia's show this morning. Oh, you did, did you? Oh, yeah, I listen to her show every morning. <laughs> oh, you do, do you? Yeah, she's like the coolest lady in town. <laughs> well, don't you think she's got a big ass? Nah, man. I like her ass that way. <laughs> she got a black girl's ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what she always says, but in actual fact, she doesn't really have a black girl's ass. She's got a... Big ass. Okay, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, look who wants to get to the point all of a sudden. Okay, we'll get to the point, but for your information, skinny bitch, black men and a whole lot of motherfucking white men have had plenty fun adoring my ass. I don't wear their teeth marks on my butt for nothing. All right, if you're not gonna buy me a drink, can I have mine back? No, okay, 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 okay. So, Butterfly, can I buy you a drink? I'd love one. Well, can I get you? I take a margarita. <laughs> Here you go. So after they buy you a drink, when they raise their glass to toast, they look you dead in the eye and repeat this poem. The woods are lovely, dark, and deep, and I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep. Did you hear me, butterfly? Miles to go before you sleep. And then, if they say that, you got to give them a lap dance. What? <laughs> if they call you butterfly. So there you have it. They call her butterfly and repeat that poem. She got to give them a lap dance. To be honest, I'd probably do that anyway. Like if I'm already drinking, especially if I'm drinking margaritas. Yeah, pretty much guaranteed to get a fucking lap dance. <laughs> At one point or another, there's going to be lap dances. If not, then probably... A semi strip tease, and I say semi because I can get drunk, but I still stay somewhat classy. Says the girl who said she'd give him a lap dance. Let's ignore that. <laughs> Carry on with the film, shall we? So we then cut to the next scene at the chili parlor, where we see yet another billboard of Julia or Jungle Julia. Which, in this case, I mean, you could probably just make a drinking game out of it. Like, every time you see a billboard or every time you hear them say Jungle Julia, you take a shot. It'd be pretty plastered, to be honest. <laughs> so the girls walk in and they're dancing and they've got the jukebox playing and they're having a merry old time and it makes me really want to go out and dance because this is 100% what I would do. <laughs> and then as the camera pans around through the bar, everyone looks to be having a gay old time. And then we get to one of the most horrendous actors. And everyone's probably going to turn this off after I say this because you all disagree with me. But the one and only Eli Roth is sitting there at the table. Douchebag who can't act. Douchebag who can't direct. I can't stand the guy. I will forever be saying that. He can't make a single good film. That's right. Hostels were shit ass. Clown was shit house. Cabin fever was average. Like, no. The only good thing that he has that's not even his is Ty West, the sacrament. And he's only sort of part of that. Like, the guy... Oh, my God. I could make, like, three fucking episodes on how much I hate Eli Roth. But for the sake 
of you guys wanting to like, hopefully come back and listen to us. I won't do that. <laughs> so we'll go back to uh, around the bar and you see the one and only, the fabulous Quentin Tarantino being a bartender. And that is a sight I'd much rather see than Eli Roth. <laughs> so then it goes to Jungle Julia sitting outside on a table text messaging someone and there is the worst cliche sad music playing like it is ridiculous I love Tarantino but why like (laughs) it's so bad the tone just randomly shifts and you've got her sitting there sending a message to Chris Simonson and she's like can't wait to see you and he's like me too and she's like xoxo And she jumps off the table and she walks inside and sits down. And as the sad music is still playing, the guy sitting at the table behind her, not Eli Roth, is like creepily looking behind her, like at her from behind. And it's the most weirdest scene I've seen in a long time. And I love this film, but I completely forgot about that scene because I hadn't watched it in a while. And watching him sit there just really creepy looking over at her from behind while she's got this huge grin on her face texting her boo. Like, it's weird. It's really, really weird. (laughs) So then it goes to all of them sitting around the table and the bartender comes over and she's like, or or waitress comes over with a bunch of shots and goes, Warren's ordered shots for everyone and you know the rules. What Warren says, Warren goes. And of course, Warren is the one and only Quentin Tarantino. So he comes over, he comes to do the shots as well. And they're like, what the fuck is this? And he's just like, shot now, question later. And they all take the shots and it ends up being straight chartreuse. Which I mean, to be fair, they could have picked a different drink. Chartreuse is not the best, but not the worst by itself. But whatever, that's <laughs> what they went with. So then Butterfly walks outside to have a smoke and... It's bucketing down with rain. And then they go to a shot of Quentin Tarantino and he's like, hey, turn on that switch because, you know, one of the parking lot lights isn't on. So the bartender or waitress turns it on and lo and behold, it reveals the one and only beautiful death proof car sitting there in the parking lot. And Butterfly stands up and she sort of just stares at it. It's just, yeah, she's just staring at it. And then we go back into the bar where we start some really good music. It just makes you want to dance. Well, we get a disgusting zoom in on Kurt Russell eating the greasiest, most disgusting looking nachos I've ever seen. And then Eli Roth and the other guy who name escapes me, (laughs) uh, standing at the bar talking about how drunk they're going to get the girls so they can join them on their party trip to a lake house there's something about this like I know everyone says Eli Roth is a good guy and he probably is I just don't like his directing or acting but there's something about this that just seems like he's too good at playing that role it's just creepy anyway so we then get to a shot of a blonde sitting at the bar and of course it is the one and only Rose McGowan who is sitting there needing a ride and Kurt Russell offers provided she is ready when he is now look I've, I've been stranded before I've needed rides before 
But looking at the way Kurt Russell looks in this film, where he's sitting there and he's got the scars on his face and he's scoffing down the grossest nachos you've ever seen, I don't care how desperate I am, I ain't hopping in his car. Not in a million years. <laughs> so fuck that. And then after a little bit of chit-chat between who we find out to be Stuntman Mike, which obviously is Kurt Russell, we come to a zoom-in of Butterfly's ass as she puts on the love you save or the love you can save by joe tex and she does a cute little hip swaying booty shaking little sensual dance as she walks over to her seat and after further chit chat between rose mcgowan and kurt russell we come to yet another another foot scene who would have guessed more feet in a quentin tarantino film to be fair though it's a very sexy shot like they're sitting outside of this bar under like a little veranda, you know, on the deck, sitting there, the feet are out in the rain. So the rain's sort of still coming in, covering her legs and they're all sitting there having a smoke. So I'll hand it to him. It's a sexy shot. As much as, as it's got the feet in it, it's still a sexy shot. So then we come to everyone sitting outside and Kurt Russell walks out. Hence Butterfly and Jungle Julia a beer. And of course he gets down on his knees, he looks Butterfly in the face, and he says the poem. And her face is just like, what the fuck? So she accuses him of stalking, and Jungle Julia's trying to brush it off like, oh, she's already done the lap dance, she doesn't need to do another lap dance. And he's like, well, I don't believe that. And then he looks at her and look, I may be a hell of a lot younger than him, but my God, his eyes, when he's staring at her and she's just like, why should I trust you sort of thing? Damn, they are some dreamy eyes. <laughs> no, but I didn't say it wasn't a wolf. So you really weren't following us? I'm not following you, butterfly. I just got lucky. So? Sorry, it was a one-time only offer and she did it earlier this evening at Anton's. No, she didn't. How do you know? I'm good that way. And you look a little too shaded. What's too shade? Wounded slightly. Why should I be wounded? Because you expected guys to be pestering you all night, but from your look I can tell nobody pestered you at all. That kind of hurt your feelings a little bit, didn't it? There are a few things as fetching as a bruised ego and a beautiful angel. So, how about that lap dance? I think I'm gonna have to give you a rain check. Well, since you'll be leaving in the next couple of days, that rain check will be worthless. But that's okay. I understand if I make you uncomfortable. You're still a nice girl. And I still like you. But I must warn you of something. You know how people say, you're okay in my book, or in my book that's no good. Well, I actually have a book. And everybody I ever meet goes in this book and now I've met you, and you're going in the book. Yeah. Except, I'm afraid I 
must file you under chicken shit. And what if I did it? Well, I definitely couldn't file you under chicken shit then, now could I? What's your name again? Stuntman Mike. Well, Stuntman Mike. I'm Butterfly. My friend Jungle Julie over here says that jukebox inside is pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Why don't you go get ready for your lap dance? And then, of course, rather than actually showing a lap dance, we get real missing. <laughs> this is a black screen with real missing written on it just to fuck with you all. And then it skips to everyone outside around the cars. Now, if you have the uncut version, or you can also find it on YouTube, there is actually a lap dance scene. And it is one sexy motherfucking scene. <laughs> As it shows Vanessa Fatillo in all her glory. You've got the downs, the ups, the turns, the spins, the sexy walk. you got everything. And although it's like hilarious that it gets classed as a missing reel in like the theatrical version, this scene, oh, god damn, <laughs> they should definitely have kept it in. So back to the groups chilling outside. They're all getting in their cars. For some stupid reason, Rose McGowan actually agrees to still get that ride home. And then she realizes what she's agreed to be driven home in. Because this car, as he explains, is death proof. Hence the name of the film. So, you know, she opens the door. It's all like a stunt vehicle. There's barely any, like, anything inside this car at all it's pretty much just a frame with almost looks like just a bike seat but of course she's got no other way of getting home so she hops in anyway reluctantly and this is where the film really takes a turn kurt russell really shines as this creepy fucker so he asks rose mcgowan which way are you going left or right and she goes right and he goes well that's not the case <laughs> It's like, well, 50-50 chance of going left or right. If you're going left, you would have been going left anyway. It would have taken longer for you to get scared. But since you wanted to go right, now's the time to get scared. Because we're going left whether you fucking like it or not. We interrupt this podcast for a quick promo break. But don't stress, we'll be back soon. Hello, dear listener. We're interrupting your regular podcast with an invitation. Yep. You're invited to join us at the Tipsy Exchange, where your hosts get tipsy and exchange ideas on a specific topic. Pop culture, true crime, unexplained phenomena. Nothing's off limits on the Tipsy Exchange. So grab a drink and visit thetipsyexchange.com to find the show on Apple, Spotify, or whatever is your favorite podcast app. I'm Burley. I'm L.A. Now back to the show. Hey, it's Ebony, and you may know me from such podcasts as The Gruesome Twosome Movie Reviewsome. But did you know I also have a solo podcast? That's right, the Sweet and Sour Nuggies podcast, with one episode on short life stories of the sweet and sour variety, and the other Mental Health Mondays to be your guide to everything mental health and more. So grab your nuggies and follow us at SSNuggiesPod on both Twitter and Instagram. Sweet and Sour Nuggies podcast, available on Spotify. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, and more. Now readily available for your listening pleasure. See, that wasn't too long. Now back to the episode. So he flies around the corner. Obviously, being a stunt car, there's like the plastic, I don't know, it looks like Perspex or something. Obviously, thicker. 
uh, between the two passenger and the driver's seat and Rose McGowan clearly doesn't have a seatbelt because it's a stunt car and no one should really be in the fucking passenger seat. So she's flying all over the damn place while trying to scream at him. She's banging her head against the window. Then she's banging her head against the glass or plastic, whatever it is in between. And then she's all over the fucking place and just, it looks so fucking painful. (laughs) So she's flying around and she almost passes out and she sits up bloodied and bruised and cut. And oh, she's a fucking mess. She sits up and she's like, ha, funny joke. It's okay, you can put me on the side of the road. I'll, I won't tell anyone. And then Kurt Russell faces her and he looks at her and he's like, well, you know how I told you it was death proof? Not a lie, it is. But to get the full benefits of it, you got to be sitting where I am. And he just slams on the brakes and Rose McGowan just flies into the dashboard. Fucking face is a mess. You hear the teeth crack and the bones crack and ugh gross <laughs> but she gone she dead so kurt russell looks over at her realizes she's dead and he pulls down the sun visor and lo and behold there's three photos of our main three leading ladies including jungle julia and he takes out the photos and he looks at them and he goes i gotta catch me my other girlfriends drops the photos out the window and drives off like a fucking maniac And then we get back to the girls in the car with yet another foot shot. Take a drink. Feet are plenty in this one. So the girls are driving along, chilling out to the tunes. And then here comes Kurt Russell flying in front of them in the car. Turns around, turns all his lights off and revs the engine just sitting there as the girls are coming forward at him. Now, growing up, I had a horrible habit of putting my feet on the dashboard and my dad used to kill me for it. He'd be like, don't do that. If an accident happens, what do you think is the first thing that's going to happen? Now, logically, I knew what he meant. But until seeing this film, this scene in this film, never again, (laughs) never, ever again. Your Jungle Julia's leg is hanging out the window, tapping along to the music. We get the image of Kurt Russell flying at their car. And as he turns on the lights, you see their faces and you get every fucking angle. So they show it four times to show each girl's individual like injuries. So you have the first one flies through the fucking car. The second one is just like head against the fucking windshield. The third one is fucking Jungle Julia and her leg, because it's hanging out the window and it's head on, tears and just flies off. And that (laughs) traumatized me for so long. I was like, never again am I hanging my fucking feet out the window. And then the final shot, butterfly. Now, before you actually see what happens, there's a shot of the headlights shining her face and she's stunning and you get this glimpse in her eyes like she knows what's coming to her but then all of a sudden you get the other angle and the car is flying over Kurt Russell's car then goes over their car and you see the skid mark on her face and it just tears the skin away because the car has gone over their car but still sort of in their car and the tire is against her face just spinning and oh (laughs) oh so gross And then you see Kurt Russell in hospital because the car, the death proof car has flipped and rolled is on the side of the road. You see Kurt Russell is laying there in the hospital. The two cops and they're talking to him as 
you know, they're talking to Kurt Russell about what happened. So then there's another two cops who are discussing the incident and they're talking about how Kurt Russell survived, but every single girl in the car had died. Which, I mean, we all saw that anyway, but yeah, they pretty much just confirmed that they're, they all dead, okay? They are dead. <laughs> then we go to another scene where Kurt Russell is with a camera leaning over his car, taking photos of another group of women. Another four ladies. And that's when we see that one of the girls is the one and the only stunt woman herself, Zoe Bell, playing herself. She's a stunt woman from New Zealand. She actually played Uma Thurman's double in Kill Bill and like a shit ton of other roles. Quentin's a big fan, big, big, big fan. So obviously he made her play herself. And then they're showing the discussion between the four ladies and obviously one's like a makeup artist. There's another one that's like another stunt person. You know, they're all in the film industry in one way or another. And then we have like 10, 15 minutes of dialogue. And, like, I get it, they're talking about dicks and they're talking about who they're fucking and they're catching up, but, you know, I just feel like it kind of drags on a bit because you've got them in the car or talking. And then you go to the next scene where they're in the cafe or restaurant all talking and there's no real substance to what they're talking about. So after all the dialogue, you see the girls pull up to this, like, old farmhouse sort of thing. And this creepy, sleazy guy comes out and he's like, what do you girls want? <laughs> and um, turns out he's got an old Dodge for sale and this car. Oh. <sighs> this car. I'd happily take it. <laughs> I don't even drive, but I'd happily take it. So after conning the salesperson, or I suppose not really a salesperson, but the guy selling the car they take it out for a quote-unquote test drive where they're going to perform the stunt called ship's mast now nothing is explained as to what this is what they're going to do all we know is that kim doesn't want to do it but zoe is all for it they're both stunt people so you know kind of gets you intrigued as to what's going to come next and so they drive off and leave their friend there and the next thing you know, they're taking off their belts, they're putting on gloves. The belts are used as straps through the car door windows. And then there's like this tiny little edit jump, like a cut. And then it goes to Zoe climbing on top of the car while Kim is driving it pretty darn fast. Grabs the belts, slides down the front of the windshield and lays on the bonnet. Or for all you non-Australian New Zealanders out there, the hood of the car. So she is laying there, nothing supporting her other than her wearing some leather gloves and holding two belts that are attached to each door. So they're flying around corners with Zoe Bell hanging on the fucking bonnet of the car with just two belts. And then we come finally, it's the only thing I don't like about this film is how long that scene is before we get back to Kurt Russell. Finally, Kurt Russell comes back and we see him spying on the girls with binoculars. And then in he comes flying with his car. He's flying behind them. Abby realizes that he's behind them and coming up to them really fast. And then she goes, oh my God. And the next thing you know, Kurt Russell hits them from behind with the car. Um, Zoe is hanging on for dear fucking life at this point because she's still hanging on the front of the car with just belts. 
And Kurt Russell is still ramming the shit out of this car. They're starting to fly over the place. Zoe has lost grip of the belts. She's now hanging on to that little, like, lip of where the bonnet sits. And to this day, I still find this is one of the best car scenes. Not only because it's just entertaining to watch, because it's fucking bonkers. But Zoe Bell is doing all her own shit. We're not seeing a stunt double for a stunt double. She is doing all of the damn work. And it's just so impressive to watch. And so Kurt Russell hits them again. And at this point, Zoe Bell has lost a grip. She's spun around on the bonnet of this car while it's still going, or hood of the car. And now she's facing the opposite direction. So she's facing away from the window. There's nothing to grab onto. She's sliding around, but still, still on this fucking hood. So this continues for a little while back and forth, hitting each car, hitting each other, and Zoe just flying around all over the place until eventually they get to a somewhat, not busy, but busier road. And Kurt Russell's on the wrong side of the road and another car comes at him and he swerves. He swerves away and and crashes through the fence and the girls just keep going forward for a little bit until they eventually stop. But then, of course, Kurt Russell comes flying through because he's in the dubbed death-proof car. So, of course, nothing's happened to him. And he comes flying out and he goes, get ready to fly, bitch. And just rams into the end of the, or the back of the car. And then eventually they come to like a corner and they lose control. And one car goes one way and the other car goes the other way. While Zoe Bell's still hanging on for dear life. And then he comes out of the car and he's got this maniacal laugh. And he's like, well, ladies, that was fun. Adios. And you can see, like, clearly he's a stuntman because he just gets his kicks out of near-death experiences and doesn't give a fuck about anyone else. But then he didn't account for Kim having a gun in her fucking car or in her purse and he takes it out and starts shooting at him. So he shoots the arm and he drives off. But then, of course, the girls think that Zoe is dead because she's flown off the front of the car finally as they crash. Only they're sitting there, tears running down their face, watching this like not watching but like looking through the windshield looking at the grass and like oh my god she's dead only for zoe to jump up and be like i'm here i'm still alive (laughs) it's just so random and she's so full of energy she does it she's like ta-da peekaboo i'm here (laughs) so then the three of them decide that they're going to go after kurt now and kill his ass so they get back in the car and zoe like on the edge of the road there's like all this old debris and she kicks around and finds an old pipe and it's like you know what that'll do and runs back to the car and off they go so just, so zoe sits in the window and it's like they're jousting <laughs> she's got her pipe in one hand she's holding onto the door with the other and away they go on the car and that ladies and germs bring us to the final 10 minutes of this film we have Kurt Russell all bloodied up and struggling in his car. We've got the girls coming after him, jousting in the fucking car. So they ram the back of his car and he goes headfirst into the windshield. And then you see Zoe Bell running towards the car with the fucking pipe that she found. And says one of the most Australian, I know she's New Zealand, but says one of the most Australian things you can ever hear. You like that, you fucking dog? <laughs> so Australian (laughs) and she's just attacking the shit out of him and then he manages to drive off how I don't know considering she's like stabbing him with the end of the fucking pole but 
a pipe. But she does and he, he, well, he does. He drives off and the girls come back and pick up Zoe and drive on after him. And then we get this most ridiculous yet amazing dialogue from Kim. And then after quite the long chase scene, we see the girls thinking that he's may have disappeared when Kurt Russell reappears and he thinks he's gotten rid of them and he's laughing his ass off. And then all of a sudden you see Kim drive down to the side of him, completely flip the bitch and you see the girls stop on the side of the road as Kurt's half hanging out of the car on the other side of the road, screaming his head off. They drag him out and then pretty much just play hot potato with his ass. They just keep beating the shit out of him between the three of them. And then as they're beating the shit out of them, you're getting some slow mode shots. You're getting some freeze frames. You're getting blood everywhere. You're getting teeth everywhere. You're getting them calling him names. This goes on for about a minute until Zoe Bell roundhouse kicks him. Her leg comes flying out, <laughs> kicks the shit out of him. He falls down. You get the winning music and then the credits start rolling. And then one of my all-time favorite songs starts playing. But while that's playing, it's flashing between credits and a bunch of fucking mannequins for whatever reason. And there we go. That, ladies and gentlemen, is Death Proof. With that being said, as much as I love this movie, it does have its flaws. I do feel like it could have been a little bit shorter. Some of the dialogue isn't really needed that much. And the disconnect between the first and the second half is a bit average. But I still love this nonetheless. It's still one of my favorite movies, even though it's got the flaws. So with that being said, I give this one an eight. I love it a lot. One of my favorite Tarantinos. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Uh, next episode there should be Jess and I together possibly we hope <laughs> we don't know anymore it's just a gamble so you may get me you may get Jess or you may get both of us or we'll just lucky dip it and surprise you all before I head off just a reminder that the Tarantino tournament bracket is still going on very lively on both Twitter and Instagram uh, we're up to the second last round so we've got four movies left so if you head over to Gru2 underscore movies, that's at G-R-U-E-T-W-O underscore movies on both Twitter and Instagram, place your poll votes, poll votes, and <laughs> they're up for six more days at the time of this recording, which funnily enough is the same day it's being released. So you've got six days to vote. Head over there. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.
Up in two.